Welcome to A Wandering Witch Podcast. This is Navier Alora. Won't you come and sit for a spell? Aloha and welcome to episode four of A Wandering Witch Podcast. In this episode, we have a chat with the mythical and amazing Mare Bardfly, performance artist extraordinaire. I am delighted to see how this podcast is already organically taking its own shape. And today, we are rolling out a new bonus segment that is only for my patrons the pre show tarot pull with bonus behind-the-scenes photos of the tarot card that's chosen before each show, as well as the cosmic insights that I receive. If you're interested in hearing this reading, consider becoming my patron. Cruise on over to patreon.com backslash awanderingwitch. Your support means the world. Welcome, Miss Meredith. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am fabulous. So we just had our... Uh, summer solstice, litha, um, gosh, new moon, eclipse, so much is going on cosmically right now. How are you faring? Uh, um, It's like I have, there's a, there, everything's booming on in extremes, in the most extreme Mm -hmm. ways. It's been like such a roller coaster. I, Mm -hmm. uh, so I spent the weekend, um, tuning into the sunlight and harvesting uh these saint john's blossoms that grow naturally here and in in the places at the bottom of the santa cruz mountains and by the rivers and uh so it was just like this pure light infusion and so beautiful and such gorgeous medicine because the prior the the previous week has been just like absolute manic roller coaster like way up and way down and way up and way down and then like up and down clashing at the same time well that is so telling of the solstice energy of just that peak of the sun and the zenith of the light and that feeling of kind of on max I energy feels yes yes I, it well i've been praying with the world card of the tarot and mm. and I see this like beautiful evolution that we're birthing ourselves through collectively. And I feel a call. This this solstice is when the the sun moves into cancer and this dramatic pull towards the nurturing ray of the feminine principle, like this deep nurturing and the knowing that every mother gets right away this download about how you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. Like you feed your well first and then it pours over unto your Mm -hmm. family and your, your community and to the world. And so, yeah, I, I felt so, I feel so called to reorganize the way I nurture myself on every level. And, and I feel once I get that down within myself, then I can really start doing this work of pouring it out unto the world, like a very deep, beautiful, juicy, feminine nurturing. 
I love that. And for those of you who have checked out on my social media, the past, the tarot, witch challenge, um, the beautiful and lovely mare was the world. She embodied the world card. What a gorgeous opportunity you gave me there. Cause I just, as soon as I stepped into it, I mean, well, you, uh, we could back up to the couple weeks before when you rocked my world with a profound reading, my dear, and the world was like the best possible outcome there. And so, again, the way it's like nurturing myself and my own personal transformation and evolution can only mm-hmm. lead to the ability to have that to offer to the, the world at large. And it's an evolution that's possible for myself and for my community and for our country and for the globe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So necessary that we get there, I think, because what a gorgeous opportunity. I feel like such rife with rife with so much opportunity right now. And I I also love how our paths have just crisscrossed over a few decades now, isn't it? Yes, I mean, it's like 20 we, years, my dear. Wow. What, we were wee little babies when we first met. <laughs> we were both wandering, which is just, I mean, in the height of my gypsy time. And I mean, for those of you out there who have traveled nomadically, for those um, spiritual seekers or questers, folks that have been wandering witches and are gypsies at your heart and your core. Um, it's, it's a bold move sometimes. Holy it feels, moly. It feels intense. You, my dear, and all your mojo calling a rattlesnake as we like camped out in the mountains up in the Santa Cruz mountains. Uh, yes, it's a bold journey. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Oh my goodness. We, um, it was when I first landed out here and after one of those gatherings that, um, you are one of the few people that came up to the mountain and stayed. And it was when there was a fellow who was building a cabin at the time. And I oh, yeah. had scoped out this spot that was like off the beaten path or like at the very edge of his property like way out and a little bit secluded and and I was building this little dome thing out there and uh like sort of carrying on this project that I had been working on and you and I camped out there one night it's the only time I ever did it because you were sure you woke up like terrified in the middle at like four in the morning because you were sure that a snake had like fully slithered you know, breath mm. by, so to speak. And that mm-hmm. fully rattlesnake land. Like I went on, I was like, no, nah, really? Cause I was new there at the time, but I went on to discover the wildlife, the, the gorgeous uh, mountain lions, the, oh, there's so much wildlife up there and the snakes very rarely show themselves, but they certainly presented themselves at night. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, I have a long history with rattlesnakes. Oh, wow. Yes, I'm a serpent in the Mayan astrology. I am. So in the Mayan astrology, everyone is born in a wave spell. It's a 13 day 
uh, cycle. Yeah, no, and- you hipped me to mine back then, and it has proven very accurate. <laughs> Aren't you a yellow human? I'm a magnetic yellow human. Magnetic yellow human. And I have the yeah. capacity to like short that answered. Like, why do I demagnetize bank cards? I like short out. <gasps> I, I like whack out magnets. I have this reversing effect with magnets when my uh, energy is all up. You know, my mind astrology teacher um, was also a magnetic and she would have all kinds of magnetic anomaly right. situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's all part wow. of the baby. Yes. And yellow human. Okay. So you initiate the wave spell. A magnetic equals one. So you are the initiator of your own wave spell. So for me and most others, we're born into a wave spell that we come in at a different tone. I'm tone five. So I'm not a one. You're a one slash magnetic tone and you set the energy for the next 13 days. I came in at tone five of the wave, but so I'm embodying the moon tribe energy manifesting as a moon, but my initial imprint is from the wave spell that I'm in, which is the serpent. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Think of it as I am joining the wave spell already in progress and you start it from the beginning. You initiate it. Awesome. Anyway. Wow. So thank you for reminding me of the rattlesnake medicine that I was there's no snakes here in Hawaii, so I'm not so in touch with the serpent energy in the physical the way I have been in other places. Hawaii has eradicated all of its serpents. So. Oh, wow. What a trip. It's weird. Yeah, it's that's weird. the story with Ireland, too, isn't it? Like, that's the, the fairy tale around Patrick, how they mm-hmm. described ridding the witches or ridding the magic people. The pagans, yeah, the druids, yeah, etc. Et <laughs> Except I learned the evolution of that story. Um, Please. What I learned years later, I was flipped around about St. Patrick's Day. I had this like little chip on my shoulder and um, I was sussed to the, the this piece about how St. Patrick had a gift and befriended the Druid King, learned the Druid language and learned their ceremonies and cared about the Druids. And the only reason why there's a record of the Druids is because he warned them that the Christians were coming. And so he transcribed all of their stuff and kept it alive into the present. So if it weren't for St. Patrick's, we would know of no Druids. And um, yeah, and that he wasn't... He so he was he was allied with the druids in in preserving them and also warning them that they had to go underground in order to stay afloat. Wow, that's amazing. Isn't that cool? It's a really neat twist on the story. So recently I talked to you about the podcast that was just aired, episode two B three with Jonathan. And you said uh, you were having some strong reactions about the parallel lives and timelines. Yes. Um, For the record, I too remember Bernstein 
bears oh, wow. seen bears all the way. Um, the only thing that came up for me, which I, and I hate to throw like a little uh, cynical bomb in there, is no, uh, please because I could I remember Sally Field, that whole thing like exactly as you said it. Uh, the there's one about cereal that came up for me that I've noticed, which is pink hearts, yellow moons, orange stars, green clovers, and new blue diamonds. And that one got it, messed with over time. It's And uh, purple horseshoes. And it, purple horseshoes. Right. They added the purple horseshoes, but the new blue diamonds got lost in the shuffle somewhere along the way with the lucky charms. Like, and then the one that's the that adds a little chink into the like whoa-ness of it all is uh Casablanca. The famous quote that everyone remembers, what does Rick say? Casablanca is play it again, Sam. Oh yeah. Right. There's even like there are nightclubs called Play It Again Sam's. Um, yeah. But the line is play it. That's it. That's it. Wow. <laughs> but that one has been explained by movie people as like the re as the the receiver taking liberties, like the person reporting it adding more information for impact for the sake of impact, like creative embellishment. Mm. And I wondered about Sally field, if that was editing, you know, if like part of it could be video editing, you know, or audio editing, like an effort to like disappear the evidence or whatever, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. There's, there's definitely something going on there. <laughs> I recently had to look into Juneteenth. Right. That is, that's a totally new thing for me. Yeah, me too. That, but that one can be explained by, um, if you have a good look into Howard Zinn's people's history, I mean, that's like a deliberate glossing over. That's like a, another whole ball of wax. That's systemic. That's an, a, that's like a collective decision to ignore a piece of history to rather than confront it i think like that's all about our refusal for to uh reconcile to for truth and reconciliation but i think that's coming to an end i i have a feeling that but i still haven't heard of it and my partner had for like five or six or maybe 10 years he said he's known about juneteenth there's a gorgeous video cast with michael moore um, and he's talking to the congressional representative of uh, Oakland, right? And she, her, this is mind blowing. Her grandfather, not great grandfather, but grandfather, her father's father was born on like June 8th in that year of like 18, whatever. So, he was born into slavery in the last 10 days before Juneteenth or in the last two weeks. He was one of the last Americans born into slavery and then liberated 
on Juneteenth. And it's a very specific thing to Texas. They happen to live in the place in Texas where the National Guard came and shut down the last bastion of slavery. And for the record, they claimed that they just never got the news. But I'm pretty, you know, it's pretty obvious they chose to ignore it. Like, right. Um, so there was a two year process where like the news trickled down, you know, across the land that the Emancipation Proclamation had happened. And then it took them two years to send soldiers in to uh, I can't remember where exactly in Texas. But this lady who's a congresswoman in from Oakland, uh, her grandfather was born in the last two weeks in that place in Texas. And so her family celebrates Juneteenth super personally. And it brings home that slavery happened in her, in two generations. Like we Mm -hmm. have this idea that it was so long ago, but that was just her grandfather, you know? Right. Right. Uh, So that's a little mind blowing right there. And so for her family, it's deeply personal. And because she's a politician, she holds like a fundraising barbecue in Oakland. And Michael Moore has been invited to it for like the last 10 years. Like it's a big deal. So she's been spreading awareness throughout the political world for like her entire political career, because it's such a personal thing for her family. I just can't believe I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah. My brother-in-law, my sister's husband, his dad was like lamenting he had never heard of it. And he also had never heard of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it's because these things are whitewashed where, you know, they haven't been given to us to know about. Right. So you don't think it's a Mandela effect because I actually Googled on YouTube on Juneteenth when I saw that I had a date in my calendar that said Juneteenth as a holiday. Right. I've never, ever heard of this before. And there was a, I just Googled in YouTube, um, Mandela effect Juneteenth. And there were three of them. People saying, you know, I'm, I'm half black. I'm, I'm all black. I've never heard of this. This would have been in my awareness. Is this a Mandela effect? Huh? And I, so, I tend to think uh, it's more sinister. I think that's deliberate. I think it's a deliberate whitewashing of history to try to eliminate any evidence of, you know, the inclination of the American people to follow through with truth and reconciliation. Mm, maybe so. For sure. This is the most press it's gotten, at least in this timeline. Are Absolutely. you... I would. I would love to ask you if you have any personal parallel timeline anomalies. Not well, kind of. So that gets into like why I was so pinged about with the talk of timelines. So I got landed with this download. God, probably in 2007 now. So we're talking 13 years ago and I wasn't really ready for it at the time, but what, what was so juicy about it, what got me intrigued was the time piece, the, the, the 
the way that it helped me understand something that Einstein said and something that a lot of folks talk about, like uh, that intellectually, I think I know, but I don't understand like that. My linear brain doesn't have the capacity to, to grapple with. And that's the fact that it's all stacked up and that it's all happening simultaneously. Okay. And so this gave like a much broader explanation of how that is so and what that's all about. And the mechanics of that, I wasn't really ready to deal with at the time. So I put it on a shelf for 12 years and carrying on. I got very distracted in those 12 years. And as it happened, uh, I became a mom. I had a baby. My whole life flipped around. I felt like my, my brain shifted to being very like creative and, always it, it like almost cripplingly um left-handed and right-brained well now suddenly as a parent you're like the manager of a person like you're there they're like a little celebrity and you're their manager you have to handle all their business and so i felt like my brain like flipped to being like suddenly left-brained and right-handed it became clear to me that the spiritual path that i had wandered on wasn't quite right for me and the mm. way that I was going about it was not productive, that it was actually hurting me. And uh, I received counsel that sort of brought me back to my roots magically, which is I've always been one to work with crystals. And oddly, at the beginning of walking this path, when I moved out here around the time that I met you, I, um, I left my very, most sacred pouch of medicine, my crystals, hanging in a tree. In, at a hot springs in Bakersfield, California, and abandoned my medicine. And then went on for the next 10, 12, 13 years without not wearing medicine pouches anymore, which is something I've always done. And so when I got this little course correction a few years back, uh, the guy helped me uh, with what stones I needed to be working with. And I immediately fashioned myself a pouch. And as soon as I was wearing the stones again, I felt like myself. It's, it was so weird. It's like I hung my magic on a tree and just stepped aside from it for 12 years. <laughs> wow. So are, are you a Taurus? Oh, yes. Taurus sun and moon? No, Virgo, moon and rising. Ouch. Okay. I knew there was a lot of earth there for sure. Well, that's, I mean, you're an earth fairy, earth goddess. Yeah. Earth witch. Yeah. Stone witch. Yep. <laughs> you're a crystal the, witch. The stones and the flowers like really speak to me. So um, with all that, um, I straightened myself out and started fashioning my pouches and wearing my crystals again. And through that journey, um, I've been getting mangled, just crushed with what this same book from years back, 2007, would describe as a slow burn of of like karma. And it's really clear that the the people in my life are past are from past lives, that there's like multiple stories clashing here. I'm like very aware of that. And uh, I've been getting clearer on, and clearer on what some of those stories are because it's like multiple lifetimes and, and multiple stories. Um, 
but what I haven't been getting clear on is just, or what I was, I was very blocked because it was super traumatic. And so I got kind of mm. heaved into a very dark place. And it was at that darkest hour that uh, a book at the library, like fell on my lap, practically the sequel to the one from seven years ago. Wow. So I pick it up and it's like no time has passed and I'm right there back in it. So the premise here is that it, like everything that we're creating and constructing in our lives, all of the stories, all the scenarios, all the scenery, all of the stuff in every life, it's already happened, right? Um, that it's already signed and sealed. It's done. It's it's finished in a heartbeat. It's in a blink of an eye, because the truth of it all, like the source and what is eternal, just is that all oneness of white light, where where all is merged into one glorious being. What is what is true? What is the source? What is real? Is this just all vast oneness, right? And where all these various lifetimes and timelines come from is our is the ego, is this tiny little thought construct that goes like, what if we're separate? And that's like a splitting off. And it is fractal, the splits. So from that one moment of split, then split, then split, then split, then split happen happened happens right and so what this construct gives you is the opportunity to to embrace the idea that everything in your world is actually you your ego creating it and so therefore when things come up when you crash into things that clash it gives you the capacity to practice what is quantum forgiveness as opposed to like the Newtonian, the old fashioned Newtonian forgiveness, where like you believe somebody has wronged you and therefore you're like, but I'm going to give you a pass on that. You wronged me, but I'll forgive you because now I'm going to be nice about it or I'm just going to give you a pass. Right. But what the, what quantum forgiveness is, is you saying, I created you. You don't exist. You're a projection of my ego. And so therefore, I'm going to overlook the fact that you're even there because you're innocent, um, whole and complete, and all is forgiven and all is released. And so once you do that and keep doing it with like every issue that comes your way, it has this effect of shrinking the timeline because the timeline is about the lessons that you have to learn and the lessons you have to learn are about getting back to the source so if you were to suddenly amp up your practice of this then in real time you actually condense timelines and don't have to live through the ones that have the lessons that are particularly brutal or that like bring out different things does that make sense I think so. So it's called collapsing the timeline and it can happen collectively as like an entire country. It can happen personally. And I'm, I'm saying like, I've been active. I got to a crashing point in my life where all was so dark 
that I felt like I wasn't spiritual anymore. I had like lost all connection with spirit because I was so filled with darkness and bitterness. I was, I described myself as Darth Vader. And that was so painful because I identify myself like primarily as a spiritual person. And so that's when this book dropped in my lap. And as soon as I started practicing it, it's like different from manifestation in the sense, like it doesn't yield a result that is like, here's this thing I was praying for. And oh my God, I found it at the flea market or there it is at in my mailbox. You know, it's not quite like that. What it feels like is this person who, when they're in my face, I can't speak because my heart is palpitating and I can't breathe and I'm sweating, you know, like I go into like instant rage. Well, now after practicing this a bit and it's like almost instant, um, like, you know, I practice it for three days and I see them again or I have to interact with them again, that it just doesn't affect me anymore the way it did. Like there's, there's a peace that comes over and a calm it's like that your quantum forgiveness has dissolved the charge between the two of you. Right. And so the author of this book describes like, you know, they were supposed to go to a movie and the movie that they wanted to go to uh, was sold out. So they had to wait for the next movie and it was an inconvenience and the movie they ended up seeing kind of sucked. So, you know, on the, on the other side of that, evening it seemed like a gripey thing to gripe about but the truth of what was going on there is that they had been doing their forgiveness work and so they didn't get into the car accident they would have gotten into had they gotten to the movie that they wanted to see oh wow and do you see how that dissolves like whole timelines of Mm -hmm. and that's where like the timeline jumping comes in so you find yourself and you're not even aware of it, but like able to forgive something, it peels off layers where you don't have to live through those lessons anymore. And I imagine you don't have to reincarnate and or experience the timelines with people that have uncomfortable um, karma with or you know, it's like you've learned the lesson on some deeper level. You don't have to keep recreating scenarios to learn them in yes and you my dear with your clairvoyant gifts are such a helper because in the story with the painter you were able to get in there to the other timeline and warn her about the path that she had been contemplating and somewhere in her stirred like a don't do this which caused her to be like a deer in the headlights and unable to to paint Mm-hmm. you know that was such a cool I mean especially because it just seemed so ludicrous I mean I trust my visions and I know what I was seeing but there was that feeling of I'm going to be ridiculed for this and I had a moment like that you were actually laughing out loud during our reading because what you were seeing was so ludicrous it was it was it was comical but it made sense to you completely. And what was so comical was that it was outside of time as we know it. 
I have no recollection of what you're talking about, but I love, I love that. You saw a piece of my timeline that was prehistoric. Mm. I slightly remember that. You were laughing because it was like ludicrous. Like our, you know, because it was pre- prehistoric man, the shape of the body, the physical skull looks so different. Oh, wow. That's been going on a lot for me too. Mandela effects around the human body. <laughs> very strange. Do you yeah. remember? Trips out. Yeah. You touched on that a little bit. That trips me out. Yeah. Do you remember the eye sockets having a bone behind them? Whoa. No. I don't either. But they do. (laughs) I also recall the heart being slightly to the left, but way more pronounced to the left than it is now. I mean, I recall holding my hand on my heart as the child reciting the Pledge of Allegiance, and it's over on the left. Right. But now, now the human heart is sort of in the center a little maybe an inch to the left but not really even noticeable i mean according to what i've seen in the recent um anatomy charts that i've googled wow mm-hmm. i know There's that a few other things i know that the lines on your hands change like palm readers note that yes that those are like a work in progress and same with the the curve of your fingers oh i didn't know about the curve of the fingers i wouldn't call myself a palmist at all but i know a little bit Me and too. one of my circle sisters um amazing mystical woman is an avid palm reader she's always grabbing people's hands and she just starts to channel, you know, deep insight, like deep mother knowledge comes through her via looking at the palms. Um, so I, I do know a little bit, but I wouldn't, I don't feel proficient in my palm reading yeah. or my tea or my tea leaf reading, hmm. but I'm way more into um, tarot and runes and Oum as of lately, but Cool. So collapsing yeah. the timeline, Mayor, we should we should write a book called Collapsing the Timeline to Live Your Best Life Now. Right. Well, and part of this, he emphasizes that there are many paths to get here. And that the and the one that I'm on at the moment is like quite Christ centric. <laughs> which as a as a witch has been uncomfortable in the transition but mm. there but all all paths i think will eventually lead to this um there's an emphasis on buddhism because it is and i think um uh hindu ha- has like a woven in awareness of pure non-duality and um, i see that Yes. And so that's a very important thing to be able to grasp, because if you look at the big J, um, his gift was to be able to truly uh, see all souls absolutely 
unequivocally equal and pour pure love their way. I met Meredith at a all-night sacred drum and dance fire circle up in the Santa Cruz mountains. Um, And then at this point in my life, I had just given away all my belongings and I was traveling around with a backpack and I had been to Hawaii already at this point, I think. Anyway. um, Yes, I think so. I remember a lot of aloha in there. (laughs) Yeah. I had, I had left Chicago in 2002, went to Hawaii and then came back to the mainland for summer of 2003, went to New York, went to other festivals and then ended up at fire dance. I think it was, that was the first time. Um, when I first heard about fire dance, I was in the Starwood boogie pit, which was just chaotic drum and dance circle. Just, you know, a pagan heyday. It was not organized or even necessarily very, focused spiritually it was just sort of an a boogie pit you know yeah amazing drummers amazing dancers huge fire and all of a sudden the energy shifted it was like goddess walked in the room into the um it was called the grupal dome i think it was this huge like almost like a stonehenge of wood um that's where this all was late at night and the energy shifted and it was when uh, Jeff and Abby came in with their crew. I was going to say Q Spinner. <laughs> yeah, Q, Q Spinner. Here she comes. And I think it was Behold, There is Magic All Around Us. That was the first uh-huh. one. And it was like taking a hit of acid at that point because that was it. It just shifted. And I remember looking across the circle at a friend of mine and she was so blissed out and she was singing with the, with the tribe. And, um, you know, she was topless. I was topless. People have, most people were in various, um, undress, very primal, how these festivals can be and so pure and magical. And the next thing I know it's sunrise. It just took you on this journey, you know, and I was standing watching um, people drum and dance and Spinner walked up to me and I looked at her and I recognized her as one of the key people. And I looked at her and I said, I have been waiting for this all of my life. (laughs) And she smiled and kind of nodded. And she said, "Um, you should check out fire dance. And at this point, I'm in upstate New York, and this is in Santa Cruz she's talking about. I had no plans to drive across country alone. And that experience guided me to drive across the country for the first time by myself and have this whole adventure and meet you and meet this whole other community of sacred drum and dance tribe, fire tribe. And it was magical. It was so magical. But it was like, when I first met you, it was, I think, the white buffalo calf woman. Oh, um, yeah. Embodiment. 
So Mare does characters. She's like a street performer and an artist and embodiment of magic, walking magic. And she does this in different ways. Sometimes it's poetry and prose and spoken word and song. And a lot of it has to do with costuming and sacred embodiment in that way through makeup and adornments and such. And this one year she did this white buffalo calf woman and she has like clay on her head and face and feathers and she's just like mythic. And she got in the middle of the circle at one point and did this amazing, I think it was a song. I don't even know. I was like out of my body <laughs> in trance with whatever you, you know, she, she would um, just sort of command the attention and then take you on a lyrical journey. That's that's Mare's magic. So Aww. yeah, but um, so super honored to connect with you. And then after decided I was going to um, move on from Santa Cruz, and I didn't know where or how, but I just knew that this was a prayer in my heart that I wanted to do um, things farther afield. So I just was going to go dance and pray. And there was a reggae band that was coming to this show. And this little girl came up to me and gave me two rose petals. She just like put them in my hands and walked away. Mm. And yeah, like little seeds, little seeds. Of, right. of, so I, I held them in my hand and I said the prayer. Um, I would like to... Um, I would like to go to Costa Rica to this rainbow gathering. I want to learn about biodiesel fuels. I could not handle living in society the way I had before. Now I was like a little feral from living in Hawaii. So I wanted to, I swear to you, I prayed to shit in a trench. That's what I was praying for. Well, I went to the 418 dance studio and did that little prayer and dropped the flowers on the floor and started doing a dance like an infinity loop and just closed my eyes and just went for it. And we had just had the fire dance festival. So I was all in that zone. And this guy comes up to me after I opened my eyes. It was like so much love in his eyes. And he walked towards me and he said, big smile, what were you doing? And I said, I was praying. And he said, what were you praying for? And I said, I was praying to, and I named these different festivals that were calling to me. I said, I want to learn about biodiesel and sustainable fuels. I said, I want to um, go to Costa Rica and I want to shit in a trench. And he laughed at me and he said, well, my partner just bought a bus that I'm going to convert to run on biodiesel. I make biodiesel and I teach workshops on it. We live in a community that has a trench you can shit in if you'd like. And we're all going to take the biodiesel bus on tour to these festivals that you mentioned. And we're taking it to Costa Rica at the end of the season for the Rainbow Gathering. Wow. Just like that. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. That's Santa Cruz for you. Santa Cruz is very much a Magic. vortex. Magic. Yeah. And 
where you come in is he said, meet me at Soul Fest in a week. That's right. That's right. I went to Soul Fest. So that's when I, I asked you if I could, I think we were going to stay in the mountain for a couple of days and then you took me to Soul Fest. Oh. So gorgeous. But that was the whole segue after that launched me into a whole new cycle of life being gotcha. with them. But, I remember it. It's all coming back to me now. Babe. Yeah. And I was sort of in this like limbo place of how do I get there? You know, and what do I do till then? And, you know, it was awkward timing and you just like made it this beautiful experience. I remember sitting on the mountain and you playing me music with your guitar and singing. And it was just so magical up there. Well, I'm holding in my hand right now, two bottles, one of San Pedro essence mother dated mm. September 25 of 06 and San Pedro essence daughter dated October 7th of 06. And I'm pretty sure you're the one, the, the San Pedro cactuses were blooming on the mountain when you came up. And you guided me through the essence. Holy cow. I love that. And you just made amazing St. John's wort, Hypericum perforatum, um, flower essence, and tinctures brewing, right? That's right. <laughs> I love it. Oh, glorious. And oddly, so you had um, given me the scoop. I prepared the essence in this beautiful bowl on an altar and um, was aware that the eclipse was happening. So I had gathered everything on the solstice and I really got the flowers like that came out that popped open on the solstice. Like it was so beautiful <laughs> and so prolific. I can't even begin to tell you. And they wanted so much to be a part of the medicine. Like, I had a special bell with me and I was communicating with the flowers and inviting them into the magic and feeling the, the place the world is in right now. And um, the dark place that of the birthing that's going on and the squeeze of, and the, the need for hope and, and light flooding on the people and um, the flowers were like, please, me, 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 me. So much so that I felt bad for the ones that had like popped the day before. Mm. I brought like a bunch of flowers that had already were passed and for my altar. Mm -hmm. and uh, Because they wanted to be a part of the medicine. And so part of the medicine was in my altar was the New York Times Sunday edition from a few, three weeks ago now. Or yeah right before George Floyd, like the day before George Floyd, the Sunday New York times gave 1% of the names of the hundred thousand people that had passed so far in America from the coronavirus. <clears throat> and that for me marked this, like I was feeling unsettled about the absence of grieving or mention of the dead. Mm there seemed to be like a collective denial just with the panic of trying to sort it out and like the absence of leadership and organization. Like we don't even have flags at half mast. And, and that Sunday times has been on my altar and it's now three weeks past. And I believe it's like right around 10,000 a week that we're losing, you know, we're up to like 138 or 140,000 at this point. 
So I had the New York Times out there on the altar, and I thought it was important for the to set up the essence and the flowers in the in the nighttime, so they could be there with the eclipse, and then to for the flowers to have the sun rise and be mm -hmm. like with the sun growing and out in the full strength of the sun all day. Yes. The story, there's a monarch butterfly that's literally doing figure eights, infinity symbols around out in front of the lanai where I'm sitting. Right. Cause she's from me. Uh, she was in my garden. They were in the garden doing figure eights around this medicine the entire time. Oh Santa Cruz has like really powerful monarch medicine. And the, whenever I'm on the right path, the, 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 they buzz me. They come up and they do a little halo around my head, but they were figurating around between me and my friend Donna and my, my garden and the St. John's all day on Saturday and all day on Sunday when I was working on it. Wow. Or, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so powerful. Isn't that amazing? So Hypericum perforatum, the Latin means perforatum means perforated so if you hold the little tiny leaves up to the sun you can see there's tiny little pinholes and that's why it's called perforatum and if you know about the doctrine of signatures in plants that explains like symbolically what the plant is good for why it's here and what its medicine is so the perforatum is indicating it lets the light in. That's why it's good for depression. And that's why it's a mood elevator. And also on a magical energetic level, it's good to cast out evil. It's good to cast out depression and dark, heavy feelings. And it's such a beautiful solar sun plant. Oh, and I just got, and it really smells like sunshine. It's the smell of it is like the nectar of sunshine, but I just got this. If you look it up, the medical doctors have been unable to explain. It behaves like an inhibitor, like one of those MEO inhibitors, because it, if you're, when you're using St. John's and if you're um, sensitive to St. John's, it'll bring about a sensitivity to sunlight. Mm -hmm. But now that they can record and, and examine these things, it, they've, found that it is not an inhibitor so they don't have an explanation for why it it brings about a sensitivity to sunlight hello because it has tiny little pinholes in its leaves and its magical signature allows the light to come in that's why ladies and gentlemen <laughs> isn't that amazing just it's... ask the flowers ask navi we'll tell you Oh my gosh. I have to give so much credit to all the plant medicine teachers I've had. And I have to remember my Taurus, my um, IC is in Taurus. I have to remember that. Your which one? Sorry. So you have your Midheaven and then you have your um, IC. So MC okay. and IC in your astrology chart, the IC is like your roots. Where do you ground? What's the energy that you need to plant yourself in? Oh, juicy. That's a good one for Taurus. Mm -hmm. Nice. So that's, 
my my I see is Taurus. I have to remember I'm a I need to ground in the earth and plant medicine and crystals too. Oh yes, the crystals really speak to me. And not just crystals, but like mountain. When I stand upon the rocks, I feel kind of like a goat. I really relate to Capricorns also is I think that's a, a beautiful expression of your earth witchiness. Uh, a quick bit, like, so the, the, the flowers were so eager to help. Um, they told me where to collect the water for mm. the essence. Mm-hmm. And um, because they actually, the petals themselves naturally fall in this little pool. And it has like a natural essence brewing there all the time. Wow. Yeah, like the river is imbued with it to this time of year, every year. And um, I was able to collect little dew drops from the leaves as well. So, wow. uh, oh, just like, but let it in, let the sunlight in, hug trees. Like in this moment when we can't give each other hugs, like, love on mama because she's coming she's so alive and and thriving and while we're taking this like necessary little uh moment in our rooms humanity (laughs) and uh yeah let it in and uh and we'll have like lots of juicy um saint john's essence to share so i can't wait to get mine I found when I was in Southern France a few years ago, it was blooming. It was right around this time and it was blooming and I harvested some and got to save a few um, pressed flowers, but we were, we were mobile. So I didn't really have the chance to make tinctures and medicine and such, but I did dry a little bit and stuff some in my backpack and travel with it. But Mm. uh, it was just fields and fields under the Pyrenees mountains of Hypericum Perforatum. Yeah, a friend of mine from um, Holland, like outside of Amsterdam, she said that they have it as well and that theirs came early this year. Mm. That's crazy. This is second Holland synchro today. Oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe that's that's where your uh, next podcast will pick up. (laughs) Maybe. Today, I will say I woke up. And I woke up around sunrise and the sky was all pink and it just felt like something had shifted. And I looked at the Mayan astrology for the day and it's a red spectral moon day, which is like the 11th day about dissolution and release and liberation. And and it's the 11th out of 13 days. So it's the day where we sort of fine tune and, tweezer weed what doesn't work out of out of the mix you know Mm. and the moon is about um purification i'm a moon so the moon day tends to be kind of mystical but it's it's the element of universal water so it's very like wide ocean um birthing but in a vast not in a personal way, sort of like a collective universal water. Um, It really does feel like something shifted. And then um, one of my clients in Europe messaged me and they wanted a reading and it was a really like intense and wonderful connection and things just kept getting better. You know, this, this, the day took a good turn and some of the things that um, 
you and I have been working on with our audio issues in in the heart of Mercury retrograde with what six planets total in retrograde plus an eclipse that we're recovering from plus the solstice energy. Right. And I'm pretty and, sure Venus is still like pretty stationary at this point. It did go forward, but it's not all there yet. <laughs> and it's been the storm wave spell in the Mayan. Oh, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Because there isn't enough going on. So that, yeah. yeah. But today it does feel like we, we turned a corner and a lot of the audio issues that we were having shifted themselves miraculously. So here we are. <laughs> well, I, do too, actually. I woke up also with the sunrise this morning and felt, felt a shift, felt a breakthrough and then Good. experienced one a few hours later. So I'll take it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I wanted to give you an opportunity to share with us what you have on deck. For those of you who don't know the mythical, mystical Mare Bardfly, she is an amazing artist, performance artist, poet, performance art on a whole other level. So you always have something that you're working on. Is there anything that you want to give us a little tantalizing teaser of what's on deck for you? Sure. Um, I am in the process of working up a, a juicy um, series of kamikaze video events. Um, so keep a lookout for the Common Truth Core uh, coming to a city near you. <laughs> Ooh, and you did give me a little background info, and I feel like this is a global event. It really does feel like that. It's really exciting. Um, it's one of these things where, I mean, we're very much in the planning stages of it right now. Uh, but what we're going to try to do is crowdfund it. Like, um, it's a series of these kamikaze video events. And so they'll be like, live streamed when we do them we'll give like little alerts that they're going to happen and they'll be live streamed when they do and we're hoping that it builds momentum as we go and they'll be like and that we're, we get crowdfunded as we go um and the more hopefully like with each with each stunt that we do um it'll just build more momentum for the next one mm -hmm. that, that's what we're going for can you say it again, the name of it? Uh, the Common Truth Core. Common Truth Core. Okay, awesome. And it's it's art and politics and expression and consciousness provoking? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hesitate to, to call it political because okay. as artists, it's very much our responsibility to be the voice for the people, for, for the culture, you know, the, the mouthpiece for what culturally is going on. And um, so, yeah, that's what we're looking at. We're, um, we're working with a technology that can um, video pr 3D map and, and project. Um, and so we're going to take advantage of that in in cities around the country. The Black Lives Matter movement, and I, I like to blend it into the election, the coming election, but we're not coming from any political 
particular political standpoint. It's more speaking for humanity. Okay, perfect. Thank you for that clarity. And I agree with you that as artists stepping forward to just shine a light. Absolutely. And I, I was listening recently to uh, an astrologer that I really respect, uh, Kai Pacha on YouTube. I, I adore him. And he was saying something about like reaching deep down and like giving each individual, like giving what the, their unique expression, like offering up their unique expression to the, to, and, and helping in, in their own unique way. And that's what I'm feeling this is for me. And uh, is, is just like reaching down and contributing what I have to give to, to answer to what all is going on these days. <laughs> yes, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for taking time. I wanted to say to you, my dear, thank you so much for all that you do, Nav. You are such a treasure. One of the most talented and um, clear readers I've ever known. And just like personally, you've helped me so much. And uh, I'm just such a fan of the work you do in the world. It makes me happy knowing you're out there. <laughs> Oh, ditto. And you've totally been there for me as inspiration and offering sisterhood and really believing in me. I mean, we're talking two decades of, I feel like we show up in each other's lives when we really need each other and we really need to be reminded of that um, secret treasure that we both hold within us. I feel like you show that to me. And interesting because in the Mayan astrology, you're a yellow human, right? Right. And I'm a red moon. And those two, those two tribes have the relationship of hidden insight for each other. Oh, out of cool. Yeah. No other tribe except those two for like, I'm that for you and you're that for me. That's it. Oh, and, beautiful. Yeah. And the way that my teacher explained it was like the hidden insight relationship is when we look at that other tribe and we admire something about them or we're enamored with something about them. Usually it's a magical thing. It's like, wow, they're so this, or I love that about this person. And then they turn back and say, you're that way. You are that. You embody that. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, yes, absolutely. It's like a, a really um, a rare mirror. Mm -hmm. It's a very specific and, and precious mirror that the Hidden Insight tribes offer to each other. And um, gorgeous. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so delighted that our paths just sort of intersect at the perfect time and synchronicity for each other. Oh, likewise, my dear. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to seeing your projects unfold. Ah, oh, thank you. And um, likewise, my dear, I, I really enjoy keeping in touch with all you're working on. Yay. Okay. Yay. Ahoy ho. Lots of love to you, dear one. Right back at ya. Bye, Mayor. Bye-bye. Aloha. Aloha. Ahoy ho. Ahoy ho. <laughs> Thank you for stopping by. This is Navier Alora. I am a natural born, 
clairvoyant medium and a lifelong experiencer of the weird. I am a certified energetic herbalist, a Reiki master teacher since 1999, a pagan priestess, a world traveler, and a wandering witch. I offer psychic tarot readings and mediumship, Akashic record, past and parallel life consultations, distant Reiki healings, and witch school. Check out my new Patreon page, A Wandering Witch, to support me and my work and to receive all sorts of goodies like monthly astro tarot readings, my astrology forecasts, full moon Reiki ritual boosts, one-on-one witch school, and exclusive content only available to my Patreons. Check out my website, awanderingwitch.com, my Facebook fan page, A Wandering Witch, and also my Instagram at a double underscore wandering double underscore witch. Original music composed and performed by Julia Kulmas. Special thanks to all of my patrons. Your support means the world. A hooey ho, witches. Until we meet again, stay weird. <laughs>